you guys would all turn to Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through 6 for today's scripture reading. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Lord, we are here tonight, thankfully, Lord, as a congregation, um, Lord, we are united together in Christ. Uh, Lord, here to worship you. And Lord, I pray that, um, Lord, the words, uh, Lord said, Lord, that they would fall on ears that are open, willing to uh, open on hearts that are, Lord, that would be receiving of them. And Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name, Lord, that we would uh, all be here with a heart of worship. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I, uh, Paul asked, or not Paul, uh, Pat asked me a few months ago to preach, assuming that he would not be here because of the Canvas Conference. And so I was like, sure, why not? And as I uh, got closer to it, I had to figure out what I wanted to preach on. And um, I thought, well, if I'm ever going to be doing more sermons in the future, it'd be nice to start a book, and then I can kind of continue on from that, Lord willing, if that works out. But uh, I chose, chose the book of Ephesians, and when I proposed that to Pat, he was like, oh, Ephesians, like that's a, it's a kind of an endeavor to take on. And I didn't really think much of it until I started actually preparing for it and uh, got a little overwhelmed. But, um, but Ephesians was one of the first books of the Bible that I read uh, when I first was converted, which is not saying much because it's a short book. Um, but it was also the book that I was reading when I started first coming to grips with the doctrines of grace and the sovereignty of God in, uh, in salvation, the complete sovereignty of God in salvation. And, uh, and so I thought it fitting just to kind of go through it because uh, I always come back to this book. If I'm in between studying something or reading another book, I always come back to Ephesians. And so I've read through it a bunch. Uh, um, uh, so there's, main two, there's two main themes in the book of Ephesians, and that is of uh, reconciliation uh, of ourselves in Christ to, the, to God, reconciled all things through Christ to God, and the unity of uh, all people in Christ uh, to the Father. And... Uh, when Paul was writing this letter to the, uh, to the Ephesians or the, to the church in Ephesus, um, he's writing to a pretty diverse group of people. Uh, um, Ephesus is located in Turkey, kind of on the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea, and there is the uh, location of the Temple of Artemis, which is one of the seven wonders of the world. And so because of that temple, there was a lot of pagan religions, a lot of cults. And so when Paul's writing this letter, he's writing to majority, primarily, of Gentiles. Um, and so the whole purpose is to talk about how they have been reconciled to God through Christ. And not only that, they have been unified uh, together, but also with the Jews who were God's chosen people um, in the previous time. And so uh, just kind of keep that in mind as we're reading this and going through it, because um, now everything is done in Christ, not through the law and through the prophets. Um, so uh, there is... a. Uh, a brief greeting. It's, it's a very short one to two verses of a greeting, and this along with the fact that there's no um, specific call to an issue in the church. Many people have believed that this uh, book um, wasn't written first to the Ephesians, 
Um, and so part of that is also due to the early manuscripts we're referencing La the Laodiceans. And so the first, uh, the initial letter, this letter was most likely a circular letter, and it was originally written to the Laodiceans, which shouldn't adapt or detract from the purpose that Paul was getting at when he was writing this letter. Um, and so Paul opens up by identifying himself as the author and one with authority as an apostle in Christ Jesus by the will of God. And so he's initially throwing himself in there as he is apostle of Christ and by the will of God, kind of referencing his, uh, his conversion on that road to Damascus, which was all a work of God, nothing of himself. He was actually persecuting the church and it was by God's will that he was converted. And, uh, he continues by addressing the, the people in Ephesus or the church in Ephesus as calling them all saints. And so this letter is not to just general people in Ephesus, but to the saints in Ephesus. And those saints aren't just a select few who are in leadership at the church, but they're actually the congregation. And so we should also think of ourselves as saints, and saints being those who are called holy. And that can, that's an encouraging thing, to think of yourself as a saint, because it kind of gives you a security in, in, your, uh, in your relationship with Christ. But it's also kind of a call to action, because to be a saint means you have to live a life as a saint. We live a life that's called the holiness and um, we conduct ourselves rightly um, so that, and uh, yeah, conduct ourselves rightly. So um, these words that Paul is writing isn't, isn't, uh, is for those who are saints in Ephesus because they're saints. And so from that, they will glean from this. So this isn't written for the unregenerate, though this can be effectual for the unregenerate, but is primarily written for those who are in Ephesus. Um, in that, in that first verse, when he's, right, when he's talking, uh, addressing those who are saints in, Eph in, in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, he is already in the first verse drawing a parallel between himself as an apostle in Christ and those who are saints in Ephesus who are faithful in Christ, showing that there is unity in, between him and those in, Eph in Ephesus. He's not a leader there. He doesn't live there. Um, he only went there twi uh, twice on his second and third missionary journey, and so now he's writing to them. In the first verse, he's trying to make a point of they have unity together, and that's in Christ. And that's where we, we should all find our unity together, and, that, and that's in Christ. No matter what our backgrounds are, how they are different, or what kind of people we are, we should all find a unity together in Christ. Um, he moves on into verse 2, which is a simple greeting, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he begins this, the main section, uh, or the, the beginning of his, the main body of his, uh, his letter in verse 3. And a lot of you guys will probably have a little header on this, the spiritual blessings of Christ, which is the header for section uh, verses 3 through 14. And in the Greek, this is all one big sentence. And in the Greek, uh, there's no punctuation. So it's one big sentence without any commas or semicolons. And so to break that out is very difficult. Um, so in our English translations, they broke it out into five different sentences, um, each with 40-plus words, which is still hard to follow. Uh, that's part of the reason why I loved, Ephesus, uh, loved the book of Ephesians so much, because it's, like, it's a really real challenge to read through it. Um, but Lord willing, I'll, I'll be able to do it right. Huh. Um, so he opens up the beginning uh, in verse 3. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is the, the beginning of a typical Jewish prayer, which I think kind of pays homage to the fact that um, the Christian religion uh, originally was Judaism, which then transformed through Christ into Christianity. And so he's writing primarily to the Gentiles, and so it's kind of like a paying homage because he's a Jew himself. And... Uh, it's also uh, a, pl a praise and adoration to the Father. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's almost like praising the Father. Um, and what for is followed in, uh, in, the follow in the rest of the verse. Who has blessed us, the Father, has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So I've read this verse, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all read this verse thousands of times. And I've just glazed right over that and didn't realize the fact that there's, there's that word every 
where we have received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And uh, that just, that struck me as I was just reading this, like when I'm, when I was converted or when I, when I became born again, I started receiving those spiritual gifts. Not only that, I received every spiritual gift, which like, I, I don't, maybe just became overwhelmed with the fact that there's not a single blessing out there, spiritual blessing out there that God has provided for us that we don't have. We've had, we have them all. And so we should not, there, sometimes I get anxiety or stress over the fact that I did something wrong or I don't know what's going to happen. And we have received all these spiritual blessings to give us a peace of mind, which I think is a kind of common theme through this. Um, and Paul addresses some of these spiritual blessings as being holy and blameless, being adopted and redeemed. Uh, but this list is an exhaustive. It's just following a narrative that Paul's trying to get to. Um, but the context in which these blessings take place are in the heavenly places. And uh, the heavenly places being that which takes place in heaven, um, which is in the presence of God and also within the relationship of the Trinity itself. And so it's a cohesive work of, of blessings that is being blessed, that is being put upon us um, in the presence of God. And uh, he continues um, comparing these blessings that we have received um, in verse 4 with, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, so these spiritual blessings that we receive, he's directly correlating and tying it to how he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. When I first started understanding those doctrines of, of, uh, of election, where we are chosen Christ before the foundation of the world, once I accepted it, I just took it as an absolute truth. Like, it already happened in the past, it's not going to change, and you take it for what it is. Um, and he is taking that exact principle and applying it to those blessings that we have received in Christ, where it's an absolute. You've received them. There's nothing that's going to change. There's nothing you can do to take away from those blessings that you've received. And, uh, and the whole purpose of that follows in the, in the rest of verse 4, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Um, so the whole purpose is so that way in the future when we come to meet face-to-face with God or when we sit on final judgment, we can be holy and blameless. Not only in the future, but also presently when we come to him in prayer, we can be holy and blameless before him because of these spiritual blessings that he's provided us, which is a common theme. It's all God's work. It's nothing that we have done. Um, but if we take a step back, um, oh, and the, uh, so far, I mean, he's mentioned already four times that it's all in Christ. He's an apostle in Christ to the saints who are faithful in Christ, um, that we have been blessed in Christ, and that he chose us before the foundations of the world in Christ. It's all in Christ. So everything should be focused around Christ. And uh, we just take a step back to look at verses three through four. Um, in two verses, Paul has kind of taken us through a history of eternity with salvation applying to us. So before the foundations of the world, he chose us. And now we are currently being blessed with with every spiritual blessing so we can be holy and blameless before him. And so he's just kind of summarized for us the essentials of salvation applied to us throughout eternity. And uh, these blessings refer... um, Oh, and that's what makes these things blessings in the heavenly places because it's God's work in salvation throughout eternity on us. And these blessings that Paul refers to um, extend to all aspects of our salvation. And so just to name a few, conviction of sin is something I don't really think of as a blessing because it hurts to be convicted of sin, um, especially when you're dealing with uh, uh, the sin of pride. And, uh, but it is a blessing because knowledge, knowledge of God brings proper knowledge of ourself, which brings proper knowledge of our sin. And... Uh, and in the past, that was done through the law. The law was what revealed our sin to us, um, and it still is what reveals our sin to us. But we have a, a more uh, 
a more appropriate example, and that's in Christ himself. So as it says in Hebrews, Christ is the radiance of his glory and the exact imprint of his nature. And so we can look to Christ as that, as that perfect image of God to have a better knowledge of God, to have a better knowledge of ourselves, so we can have a better knowledge of that sin in us, which is a blessing. Um, another one would be regeneration, that new birth, so taking out of our heart of stone and giving a heart of flesh. Um, and the third thing would, could be uh, sanctification, conforming us to the image of Christ. Um, the day in, day out, just repenting, or conviction of sin, repenting, and turning to Christ. Um, and the fact that these are in the context of heavenly places, and what, what has been, is being, and will be applied to us, um, can give us security and peace of mind. Uh, these blessings, um, the fact that, that we have received all of them, can give us that, that security and peace of mind. Uh, and a good example of that, if you turn with me to Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is a uh, kind of pulling it out from the middle of the Sermon on the Mount uh, where Jesus is speaking. Um, chapter 6, verse uh, 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on, Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, but being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of those, one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is a perfect illustration of how how peaceful we should be in our mentality, in our daily life, to not be worrying about those things. And I felt like the whole purpose of Paul bringing up those spiritual blessings is, is that's, what we, that's what our faith is in, is in all those spiritual blessings that, we, that we've received for salvation. And um, uh, who is it, J, J. Gresham Machen, Machen, Machen? He uh, wrote a book of What is Faith? And um, in that book, it kind of illuminated my understanding of what faith is and uh, he kind of explains that faith is is receiving of a gift and I thought that fits perfectly with Paul saying that we have received these blessings and that if we're not living a life of peace if we're not uh, if we don't have a, a peace of mind in Christ then uh, we're not exercising that faith and that's what Jesus here says is if we're not uh, if we're anxious then we're not having faith in in, in God and uh, he he indicts them of that. Oh, you of little faith in the end of verse 31. And uh, uh, yeah, another good example. Another good example is going to Romans 8.38. Where Paul talks about, uh, um, for, I am neither, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is that security of having that peace of mind that nothing will separate us. Nothing will take away these blessings. Uh, we'll have complete peace of mind and security. And uh, it's funny, when I was kind of preparing this, uh, I had a lot of anxiety because 
getting up doing this is not, uh, it's not, yeah, it's fun, but that being said. Um, and so I kind of felt myself kind of stabbing myself in the back by, say, by preparing this and also being anxious at the same time. But this is the sort of peace that can only come from having received every spiritual blessing. If we didn't receive every spiritual blessing, there would be a hole somewhere, and we would then be able to fall into that hole and not have complete peace, not, and not be anxious, because there would be something, some part of our salvation that would be missing, and we would have anxiety about it. Um, um, if we could go to Paul, sorry to make you flip through it so many times, but in Philippians 4.7, um, and the peace of God which uh, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. Oh, sorry, six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in, your, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I hear that. I see that a lot on like memes and stuff or uh, on uh, uh, little scripture uh, references and pictures and stuff on, on, uh, online. And it's that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I think that receiving those spiritual blessings and, and keeping those on the forefront of your mind is, is how we can get that peace that surpasses all understanding. So this is a peace that comes from having every spiritual blessing. And the important thing to note is, is you have them all. We all have them because we're in Christ. And uh, then Paul continues. And kind of sum, sum, uh, summarizes himself in uh, verse 5, or uh, sorry, in the end of verse 4. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has blessed us in the beloved. Um, he is basically summarizing what he just said already. In love, he predestined us. So um, to refer back to verse 3, who, uh, or to refer 4, even as he chose us before the foundation of the world. And he continues, as uh, sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. And that's the whole point is to the praise of the glorious grace of God. For the beginning of verse 3, he said, blessed be the God and Father. That's just praising the Father. So the whole purpose is for praising the Father which has blessed us in the beloved. And can you imagine living a life without Christ and without having these blessings, being anxious and stressed out, just day in and day out, and, um, and just thinking of the time before I was saved, um, that constant anxiety. I mean, school before being saved and school after being saved was a completely different thing. And it's kind of funny to think about it uh, because before, before I was saved, school to me was like, if I don't pass this test, I don't know what to do. But after I was saved, it was, well, I, I'm in Christ. I, that's just, that wasn't part of his will. And, uh, and it gives you a good peace. And so, um, so to close, I'd just like to uh, encourage all of us to accept these blessings and, and keep them on our minds so that we would be less anxious and, and focus more on Christ. Um, yeah, so, Lord, uh, thank you for this evening uh, with one another. Lord, I pray that you would... Uh, Bring our minds to Christ um, throughout this week, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that we would uh, come to you um, and exercise our faith, accepting those, those spiritual blessings. And, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would uh, can, uh, reveal new sins to us and convict us of sins so we may repent and entrust in you and trust in your Son. And, uh, and Lord, uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.